coming up next on The Kingdom Voice. Worship is an experience that requires engagement that is based upon a response to who God is and what God has done. Thus, worship erupts to excitement that brings expectation from an encounter with God. The following broadcast by The Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, is made possible through DCKM Partners. Dr. Carson teaches the power of the kingdom in its original Jewish context that will revolutionize and transform your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the kingdom voice. It's important to understand that everything is reproduced after its kind. Everybody say, everything is reproduced after its kind. Say, so that's what's wrong with your child. <laughs> now, so the mitotic process consists of the interphase, which includes what is called G1 or gap one, and that's the period of cell growth. And that's when the, the DNA is being formed and all the organelles are being formed. And then it goes to S or synthesis, which is DNA replication, uh, which means that in synthesis, uh, it is reproducing the DNA uh, making uh, making sure that that DNA is in the the cell that's being reproduced. Then it's G2, which is the replication of the organelles within the cell, uh, which is preparing that cell to split, to form two cells. So we call this after its kind. Mitosis is the process of making preparation to duplicate one cell into two cells with the same DNA. And so it's, it's, and, and, and I won't get that, that involved in it, but this is how, this is how discipleship should be done. We should be discipling after our own kind. So like if you're part of a ministry, you ought to have the ministry's DNA. Uh, you ought to reproduce after, that, after the kind. So then you have cytokinesis, which is simply the process of actually you have in, uh, from G, G1 to synthesis to G2, you now have two sets of everything that's necessary to form uh, a cell. And so in cytokinesis, it breaks off into two. And uh, the process is so important that they, like G0, if the DNA doesn't form properly, then it goes into a G, G0 stage where it fixes what's wrong with the cell. And if it can't fix it, it discards it. It gets rid of it because you don't want that to replicate. So that's what happens when cancer, you get cancer. 
it got past your security system and didn't get kicked out and then it replicated and then it caused the bad sales to overtake the good sales and uh, and we know the results of that thus Adam was the federal and seminal head of humanity and humanity was designed to reproduce after his kind. So while Adam, while Adam was called to worship God by reflecting his image in the earth, which meant he was to have a mitotic existence. So everything that was to come, every human that was to come was to be after his kind. And so we were called to reproduce the will, the wishes, and the word of God in the earth. He said, let us make man in our image. And he says, let us, let him reflect. Let us make him our vice regent. Let him reflect who God is. So man was to reproduce the DNA of God. Now this is, I want you to hear me now. Are you with me? So Adam was created by the the DNA of God, much like Jesus. See, Jesus was not made by the DNA of Joseph. He was made by the DNA of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. And, and, and so the original blood or hemoglobin system was oxidized by the breath of God. Adam's body came to life by the breath of God. You know, the Bible says, and you know, Vayasir Yahweh Elohim et Adam afar men ha'adamah, and the Lord God uh, formed man, Adam, uh, from the dust of the earth, the Adamah. So, Adam from the Adamah. Adam, Dom means blood or red. So, Adam was a red man, a man of the dirt. God formed him from the dust of the earth and he had no life yet though. He was just a lifeless piece of clay and then God breathed in his nostrils the breath of life so Adam's body came to life by the breath of God his blood was oxidized and the DNA was replicated from God's breath in his blood God's DNA was passed to Adam through the breath of God God's breath provided Adam with life through the oxygen of God. Now we learn from biology that our lungs fuel us with oxygen, which is our body's life-sustaining gas. You've got to have oxygen. Our lungs breathe in the air, then remove the oxygen and pass it through the bloodstream where it's carried off to the tissues and organs that allow us to walk, talk, and move. So God breathed in the lungs of Adam and he became a living being. 
through the breath of God. Now, the process of blood flowing through your heart is crucial for staying alive and healthy. When blood enters your heart, it is low in oxygen. Your heart sends the blood to your lungs where it receives oxygen. Then your heart pumps the oxygen and nutrient-rich blood to the tissues and organs throughout your body. This is what made Adam a living being. God breathed. Yippah, the Hebrew term, which means to blow, to uh, set a flame, to heat a furnace. He, he, he blew, he breathed into his nostril, his off, his face, his nose, the breath, the neshama, which is the movement of air. He breathed into his nostril the movement of air, which then caused him to come to life, which meant Adam carried the DNA of God. Thus he was made in the image of God. So man was made to to reflect and replicate God. Now, he's not God, just like your children are not you. So, he breathed in him the breath of life, Hayah. Hayah is the Hebrew term, and he became alive or a living nephish soul being. He was a living being. He had an appetite, emotion, and passion because he was alive by the breath of God. Thus, Adam was created to reflect, reproduce, and rule in the earth as God's vice agent. So, Adam's job was to reflect God's DNA in the earth, then reproduce others out of the DNA of God, and then to rule the earth, not as gods, but as God's top representatives. Adam's visible worship was demonstrated by his actions in the Garden of Eden. Eden in other Semitic languages is translated as the royal palace. So the the royal garden of God, the Garden of Eden, Adam was created to worship and his worship was once again to reflect God Everybody say, reflect God. So, this is what you have to understand when you're understanding worship. Worship, if you're really worshiping the one that you're worshiping, you will reflect him externally from an internal disposition. So, if people can't see who you say you worship, there is a good chance that you're not worshiping 
what you think you're worshiping. Jesus said in the Gospels, in the Matthew Gospel in chapter 5, verse 16, he said that let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Which means your life should be so demonstratively God that when people see your behavior, they don't have to ask Who do you serve? Who do you worship? It becomes so clear that people that observe you, they then know that you're connected with God the Father and your worship is so contagious that they are so enamored by the life that you live, they decide, I want to meet the God that you worship. So... When, our, when, when we have a, a life with God, our life with God should influence and inspire other people to want to serve God. We have this ideology today about a privatized uh, relationship with God. The scripture doesn't teach such a thing. You know, my relationship with God is my relationship. No, 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 no. You're part of a community. And so your relationship with God is a part of our relationship with God. When you act crazy, then people look at all of us crazy. You know that. My child ain't me, but when my child go crazy in public, they say, see there? Who is parents? Where's his siblings? Now, so Adam was created to reflect God, reproduce after his kind. So when you're a worshiper of God, then it is understood that if you're a worshiper, whoever you, if you're in a relationship, whoever you're in a relationship with, they're going to be a worshiper as well. Because then when you hook up and you begin to be fruitful and multiply, We're not saying after which kind, we're saying after our kind. You know, you got one parent smoking dope and the other one got, you know, in prayer meeting speaking in tongues. I'm saying that's what we call unequally yoked. See, and so as a worshiper of God, God tells me, you don't like this. Listen, God tells me, God tells me who I can and who I cannot be with. So, they may look fine to me, but ugly to God. And if God says, no, 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 then it's a no. Well, God ain't spoke to me. Well, he spoke to you in here. Now, do they look like this? Then you say, well, I don't, I don't know the Bible. Well, neither one of y'all are worshipers, so y'all fine. Now, listen, so... So, so now, so here you go on the serious note. So, I was serious. So, but now listen. Uh, so we're to reflect God, reproduce after his kind, uh, which he was, you know, Adam was a, a reproduction of God and he was given to rule or govern the earth on behalf of God. His reflection His reproduction and rule was to be seen in the garden where he was placed 
to tend and to keep. So Adam's worship was not simply attitudinal. It was also action driven. So he represented the reflection of God, but he also in his worship had to serve God. And so he was put in the garden to tend and to keep. So Adam's worship was connected to his place where God put him to worship. Now, once again, I, I, I have to tell you this because we have so many The Kingdom Theological Seminary is the only seminary of its kind. We provide biblical education with an emphasis on the kingdom of God. This school will assist ministry leaders as well as the average person get an affordable and quality education that they can actually use. And you'll get the tools you need to thrive and impact lives now and for generations to come. Start your kingdom journey today at ktseminary.com. That's ktseminary.com. Adam's worship was his assignment. His assignment was to tend and to keep the garden. Thus, Adam's worship was engaged and responsive. So, Adam, in order to worship, he had to engage in Evit and Shemar. Evit and Shemar, the two Hebrew terms, tend and to keep. Evit means to serve, to act priestly. And Shemar means to be sensitive about. So Adam's worship was to act like a priest in the garden in terms of making sure that he reflected what God desired in that garden and to be sensitive when people violated it. So Adam should have been sensitive about a serpent in the garden talking to Eve. Adam had the authority to put the serpent out of the garden because he had rule. But instead he in engaged Eve who engaged the serpent which meant they both disengaged God his voice didn't matter anymore worship is an experience that requires engagement that is based upon a response to who God is and what God has done thus worship erupts to excitement that brings expectation from an encounter with God. When Adam should have been looking forward to God walking through the garden in the cool of the day and see, but he lost all of his anticipation and all of his uh, expectation because he disengaged God. He said, I'm no longer going to listen to you. When you don't listen to God, You disengage from God. And at that point, you're no longer worshiping. Thus, worship requires engagement and expectation.
expectation. What are you expecting from God? Like you're in worship now. Like you should you shouldn't come to church with no expectation. No no expectation. So if you if you come to corporate worship, this is corporate worship. You come to corporate worship and you have no expectation. That's like saying, God, I don't need you for anything. I got my life taken care of. And me coming to corporate worship, this is my tip. Like you leave a tip when you eat. I come to tip you for help me do everything that I do. But I don't want to experience you in here. I just want him to hurry up. How long he going to be? God requires worship. And worship is the intelligent response of a rational and reflective person. Any rational and reflective person would worship. Paul writes in Romans 12 and 1. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or intelligent worship. So Paul says, I plead with you, therefore, brothers and sisters. Now, parakaleo is the Greek term here, which means he's exhorting or encouraging someone to do something. Now, Paul is talking to the Christians at Rome. He wants to get there. He don't know if I'll ever, he'll ever get there. So the book of Romans is the most lengthiest uh, teaching and uh, teachings of Paul. And so uh, he says, I want to exhort you uh, to... This parakaleo is like calling troops to battle. He says, I want to, uh, I beseech you, parakaleo, I exhort you, I'm encouraging you. He says, I beseech you, brethren. And this is what he says. He says, but the reason I'm telling you to, or encouraging you to do this, I'm doing it in light of the mercies of God, which means you ought to have some gratitude for the ability to do this, for God to call you to him in your pitiful state. So he's saying, I'm beseeching you by the mercies of God that you would present yourself like the priest would present an offering on the altar that you present yourself. No one's going to present you. You present yourself as a living sacrifice. Tie yourself to the altar and give yourself to God. This is what he's saying. And that you present your body, soma, your physical body. He's singling out the mind now. And so a lot of times people think it doesn't matter what we do with our bodies. What matters is that I serve God with my mind. Well, now Paul is, he's making a distinction here. He's singling out the body from the mind. He'll talk about the mind in verse 2. So right now he's talking about the body. He says that you present your body. So that means that he's saying 
Where your body goes is God's business. Okay. <laughs> so God is saying, what is my body doing in that environment? What is my body doing at the club? What my, my body, what, what is my body doing there? What are you doing with my body? Saying it doesn't matter about, he says that you present your bodies as a living child. Tie your body onto the altar and let me have it. What an awesome, wonderful message by Apostle Dr. Dana Carson. I know that you were blessed and that you were transformed by that powerful word. If during the course of that message, you heard the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you want to make a decision today to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I invite you to do that right now. It will be one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now acknowledging that I'm a sinner in need of grace. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. All that I am, all that I'm not, all that I have, I give to you. Now, Lord Jesus, be my king, be my Lord. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I thank you, dear Jesus, that I am born again. Amen. Congratulations. You have made the best decision in your life. Guaranteed. We want to connect with you. If you said that sinner's prayer, let us know. Connect with us at therockwoi.com right now. We want to get you connected to a faith community and help you grow in your walk with God. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org slash radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Dana Carson, affectionately known as the Kingdom Voice and senior leader of the Rock World Outreach International. I would like to invite you to an extraordinary worship experience with God every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 4101 Broadway Street in Houston, Texas. You will experience powerful praise and worship, a friendly atmosphere, ministry for the entire family, and a life-changing word that will draw you closer to God. Then on Sunday night at 6 p.m., join us for our Signs and Wonders Miracle Service at our Edgebrook campus located at 9321 Edgebrook. If you're in need of a miracle or breakthrough in your life, The Rock is the place to be Sundays at 6 p.m. Lastly, find me every Wednesday at 7 p.m. as we understand the Bible with Dr. Dana Carson. In this Bible study, you will discover a greater understanding of scriptures and how they apply to your life. If you're not in Houston or the Houston area, you still can connect with us online through YouTube, Facebook, or our website at therockwoi.com. Get ready to experience the power of the kingdom. And I look forward to worshiping with you.
If our message has been a blessing to you and you would like to support Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries in South Africa, please donate to Carson Consulting Group at NedBank, account number 102-151-3091. Thank you for your support. The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministries.